Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hey, it's Virginia here. Yeah, every season, HarperCollins holds a series of launch meetings where editors present their newly acquired titles, which are to be published the following year. So staff from various departments pack the room, and over the course of several days, we learn about upcoming titles from all of the imprints, HarperCollins, William Morrow, Perennial, and Echo, just to name a few. At our fall 2020 launch meeting, Daniel Halpern, who's the president, publisher, and founder of Echo, took a moment to talk about one of his favorite subjects, poetry. He'd written a beautiful piece about the power of poetry, why we publish it, and why it is read. The writing and reading of this piece was powerful and, well, beautiful. In the 30-plus years that I have been with this company, I have never experienced anything like this. A meeting room filled with discussions about titles, jackets, pub dates, page counts, etc. It suddenly became church-like. One man sharing his thoughts on the power of poetry in a room that went completely silent, followed by a burst of applause. It was a moment none of us will ever forget. Here's a recording of that piece, written and read by Daniel Halpern, author, poet, and publisher. Um, I wanted to um, read something that I wrote a while back about why we read poetry, because it's probably a question when you go to sell a book of poetry, people ask, why? You, why are we doing this? I mean, I, I get asked, I've been asked for 50 years why we publish poetry. So here's my answer. Okay, most books of poetry sell a couple thousand copies at best. So in a quantitative sense, what's the point of supporting it? The dollars or cents? Would we make the same argument for investing in an endangered species like the great Indian bustard, one of the heaviest flying birds, down to a couple hundred of its kind? Is that a mixed metaphor? The issue is larger than the number of collections of poetry sold each year. It's about language, our language. Is it too endangered? It depends on who you ask. If the depleted language of emails and texts and Twitter is any indication, even Donald Trump would agree that the answer is probably somewhat, even if his language should be endangered. A question I often ask myself is why do so many people, and we're talking about millions of people now, turn to poetry for all important rites of passage? Maybe because the language of poetry avoids the quotidian, understanding that the best poetry simultaneously celebrates the quotidian. Language that's focused in such a way that true meaning and emotion is redolent in the air. W.S. Merwin wrote, Poetry addresses individuals in their most intimate, private, frightened, and elated moments because it comes closer than any other art form 
to addressing what cannot be said. In expressing the inexpressible, poetry remains close to the origins of language. The poet Louise Glick wrote, the books may not sell, but neither are they given away or thrown away. They tend more than other books to fall apart in their owner's hands. Not, I suppose, good news in a culture and economy built on obsolescence. But for a book to be loved this way, turned to this way for consolation and intense renewable excitement, seems to me a marvel. What has poetry meant? Yanis Ritzos, a Greek poet jailed for political reasons, wrote his poems on cigarette papers while in prison, stuffed them into the lining of his jacket, and when he was released, walked out wearing his collected poems. They were mostly short, <laughs> in addition of one. The Ukrainian poet Irina Ratushinskaya, while in prison, wrote her poems on bars of soap. When she had them memorized, she washed them away. Is it just that in poetry we always imagine that the language is going to be distilled? That's like saying a chicken stock is excellent because it has been cooked down to its essence, but does not speak to the quality of the chicken itself. Robert Haas said, Paradise Lost was printed in an edition of 1,500 copies and transformed the English language. Took a while. <laughs> Wordsworth had no ideas about nature. Thoreau read Wordsworth, Muir read Thoreau, Teddy Roosevelt read Muir, and we got national parks. <laughs> Took a century. <laughs> what poetry gives us is an archive, the fullest existent archive of what human beings have thought and felt by the kind of artists who loved language in a way that allowed them to labor over how you make a music of words to render experience exactly and fully. So to the question at hand, why publish poetry? Those of us who engage in the publication and sustenance of this written word do so to ensure that language for our future generations remains intact, powerful, and ultimately renewed, capable of its role during times of crisis and celebration. Wallace Stevens wrote, the poet's function is to help people live their lives. And because he was a financial guy, as well as a poet, he also wrote, money is a kind of poetry. I'd reverse that to make it, poetry is a kind of currency. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.